G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. The principles of God are good, but when they're mishandled, they can cause great harm. In today's program, we're going to see how something as sacred as the Sabbath can be also misused against the righteous. Now, our series is entitled The Kingly Messiah, Understanding The Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. And we are in Matthew chapter 12, and we're discovering that Jesus, because he's doing so well in his ministry, is going to be the focus of increasing furious opposition from the religious establishment elite. These guys are both envious and threatened at the success of this itinerant preacher, originally from Nazareth, but currently based in Capernaum on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. He is getting the crowds, he's getting the results, he's getting the acclaim that they've never had, and they never will have. So they want to, instead of supporting him, because he's doing a good work, they want to stop him and, if possible, destroy him. So what they do is they use the topic of the Sabbath. And so our lesson here is called More Sabbath Controversy, because it seems that Jesus' encounters with his opposition happens on the Sabbath day. This is not hard to understand, because the Sabbath day was a day of rest from the normal routine and where Jewish people gathered together in the synagogues. So no wonder they all were there on the Sabbath day, Jesus, his followers, the Jewish people, and the religious establishment. And this was also an ideal place to have a confrontation. And indeed, more than one would happen along the way here in the Gospels. So let me read to you a couple of verses. Now, a range of verses for this lesson, more Sabbath controversy, is Matthew chapter 12, verses 10 through 21. And they ask him a question, beginning with verse 10. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? It's terrible to use a man with a physical handicap. And instead of showing compassion on the man because he's so physically challenged, they're using this physically challenged man as a baton to try to hit Jesus with. So they do it so hypocritically, so cynically. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? Jesus, of course, 
will have a response. Not only will he answer wisely, silencing his critics, but then he will go on to see the man healed. He actually will use rabbinic teaching and throw it back in their faces. Because, after all, the rabbi said it was okay to show mercy to animals on the Sabbath day. Animals, for example, that are your animals, domestic or your livestock, and they fall into a ditch. Yes, you can pull them out on the Sabbath day. Well, if it's all right to show mercy on animals, you can be sure that those made in the image of God, namely humans, can have mercy shown to them as well. So yes, the hand of the man is healed, but they are so incensed at seeing this man healed, and they have been put to shame because of their lies and because of their bad attitude, that they go out in counsel and seek how they might destroy Jesus. Now, Jesus is smart. He knew their thoughts. So he withdraws himself to a quiet place. And even as he withdraws himself, he is fulfilling prophecy, as we will learn in Isaiah, because Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy, and it is his testimony. Now I want to read to you the entire segment for this lesson called More Sabbath Controversy. The reading is from Matthew chapter 12, verses 10 to 21. That's Matthew 12, 10 to 21. Let's listen to the word of the Lord, which says, And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you? that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a counsel against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive, nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Our reading is from Matthew chapter 12, verses 10 to 21. And our lesson again is called More Sabbath Controversy. Remember the chapter 12 here in the Gospel of Matthew is speaking about the growing opposition to the wildly popular ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And so the Sabbath will be used to accuse Jesus of being an unrighteous, ungodly man. Jesus was not anti-Sabbath. Jesus just was anti-hypocrisy, legalism, traditions of man dressed up as if they came straight from God in heaven, and the haughty attitude and the arrogance that was so evident among the establishment elite of his day. So here we've got them asking what we can consider a trick question. Matthew 12, verse 10. 
as is common in life, great success attracts great criticism and even resistance. Jesus found favor with the people, Jews and Gentiles alike, but he attracted increasing opposition from the religious establishment of his day. They were offended that he and the disciples broke the Sabbath by plucking grain off the stalks in the wheat field. He gave them a fitting rebuttal on that instance, which was our last lesson. Now, They're looking for an excuse to accuse him. He's in the synagogue. They bring a partially paralyzed man with a withered hand and ask, is it permissible to heal such a one as this on the Sabbath day? Their purpose wasn't out of compassion for the man with the withered hand. Their purpose was to find a platform to accuse Jesus of Nazareth. In verse 11 of Matthew 12, apparently even the rabbis taught that it was accepted practice that if a beast, especially your beast, falls into a ditch, you are free to, quote-unquote, work on the Sabbath by laying hold and lifting that beast out of the ditch. Now, in verse 12, if we're allowed to show mercy on animals on the Sabbath day, how much more imperative is it to help needy people on the said same day? In an age where we save the whales but have no compunction about abortion on demand, it is important that we are merciful to all, especially to the ones who were made in the image of God. Jesus then pronounces the obvious. It is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Well, that's a good principle to live by. Now, of course, you're supposed to rest on the Sabbath day, but to do well, I believe, means when you, of necessity, have to do something, exert some effort, or let's call it work. It is perfectly all right when it has the higher principles of God in mind, like mercy and love and truth. Well, mercy, love, and truth will be evident in that synagogue because the man that had the withered hand is about to have his breakthrough. Jesus told him to stretch forth his hand, So he, and is completely restored like the other. In other words, the man is completely healed. Praise God. We should all be praising God. And the Pharisees should have been praising God. I mean, the man is healed. Now, remember something. They didn't even use simple logic. God does not listen to sinners. That is for a fact. He doesn't listen to people doing sin. He's not going to answer their prayers. So the fact is, if Jesus was sinning by healing on the Sabbath day, then the man would not have been healed. Or at the very least, he would have been healed by evil satanic forces. Well, of course, neither was operative here. Satan was nowhere to be found as far as in the ministry of Jesus. And God did hear the prayer and God did bring healing. So when they saw that the words of Jesus were backed up by supernatural power, they should have crumbled to their knees and done the obvious, and called him Lord. But of course, they were too blind, too hardened, too stubborn, too proud to do anything of the kind. Instead, what did they do? Matthew twelve fourteen. You would have thought that everyone in that synagogue would have been over the moon to see mercy and the power of God demonstrated to this man. And yes, many did rejoice, but the Pharisees responded in the opposite way. They left the meeting and they held counsel 
impromptu council. What did they have on the agenda? How can we destroy this Sabbath-breaking itinerant preacher from Nazareth? Now, since the devil himself only desires to steal, kill, and destroy, according to John chapter 10 and verse 10, then by taking such counsel, Jesus' opponents were doing the work of the devil. Now, let me prove it to you. In John eight forty four, Jesus tells them, You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not." Well, they were doing the devil's work because the devil's the one that steals, kills, murders, destroys, and so on. By taking counsel to do that to Jesus, they weren't serving God whatsoever. Remember, these were religious people, not your normal sinners, who brewed this murderous plot. This is why Jesus calls them hypocrites, because they are whitewashed, varnished exterior, made to look so nice and clean, but inwardly, They are as satanic as any other. One way to describe hypocrisy is pretending to have principles, beliefs, morals, and virtues, which the person really doesn't have at all. And in many cases, they don't know that they don't have these things at all. What is Jesus's response? Jesus is omniscient. He knows all things. And he knew exactly what their evil thoughts were. So logically, he withdrew himself. Yet the hungry multitudes followed him where he went, and Jesus healed them all, because that's his nature. He actually is full of grace and truth and compassion. And then, amazingly, Jesus tells these same multitudes to keep quiet, not to make known that they had been healed. I'm not 100% sure how that can be, especially if people in their villages back home knew they had a physical infirmity or were physically challenged in some way, how would they not know that they weren't healed? And the other issues, once somebody's been healed, especially of a big disease or ailment or or physical wound, they would want to tell the world that God had been merciful to them. But Jesus knows what he's doing. So again, in Matthew twelve sixteen. He told the healed multitudes to not make their healings known. And then, from verses 17 to 21, Isaiah 42 is being quoted, verses 1 to 4. And there are also related verses in Isaiah 53, 2, and Psalm 40, 7 to 9, and John 17, 4, and Philippians 2, 7. Jesus Christ is God's sinless, perfect, chosen servant. He took on the nature of man and of a servant, and by so doing was able to perform all of God's will, and he did so very well. He makes the perfect vessel for executing God's desire and extending his kingdom. He exhibits meekness by not making a noise to attract attention to himself. He is ever gentle with the weak. Therefore, he will not break a reed that is already bruised, nor will he quench a smoking flax until judgment leads to victory. Jesus will make God's will known and, in the process, triumph over all his opponents. Hence, victory is assured to him. And remember, Jesus shares his victory with all who follow him. Christ makes the gospel known to the Gentiles, 
and God's doctrine, laws, and precepts will be revealed. Hence, that's why we've been given both the Old and New Testament. And there's a myriad of scriptures on that. In his name, the Gentiles will come to trust. Not just Israel, but the whole world. Remember that the purpose of the Gospel of Matthew, when it was initially written in the first century AD, Matthew wrote the Gospel as an apologetic to Jewish people to show that Jesus of Nazareth is the long-promised Messiah. And one of his ways, his chief way of making that proof is showing scripture after scripture in the Old Testament how Jesus of Nazareth fulfills those scriptures to the letter. Now, our lesson is called More Sabbath Controversy. And our lesson for life, just like cream rising to the top, Christ overcame all opposition, and those who follow him will do likewise. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. I also invite you to come to our homepage at tan.org.au and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We want to help you to become future ready with articles about the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus, His overcoming power, His majesty, His truth, His glory. We ask you, God, that you will help us in the days ahead to also receive by faith the power to live a godly life and to bear fruit in every season. Through Christ the Lord we pray. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.